scripture we're looking at tonight is part of one of Paul's wonderful prayers, and don't we love them so? This one is to the believers in Colossae. It's Colossians 1.10, and he prays for them, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So let's break it down. We'll take a little closer look. Starts out to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. So first of all, what is our walk? Our walk is how we live our lives in Christ. And references to our walk run throughout Scripture. In Deuteronomy 5.33, it says, You shall walk in the ways that the Lord your God has commanded you. So we're to walk obediently. We choose to obey out of our love and our reverence for God. I like what Lawrence Richards wrote. He says, Obedience is the outward expression of a heart that has turned to God. We're told to walk prudently when you go to the house of God in Ecclesiastes 5.1. Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And many other scriptures, um, our walk is mentioned as well. And for us, this is a lovely walk that's going to take the rest of our lives. This is our daily journey with Jesus as women who believe. And we look forward to it, don't we? To see and to experience all that God has for each of us as we walk through this life and beyond. You bet we do. But to walk worthy of the Lord, that's a big request. Sounds a little intimidating, sounds impossible, right? Because really, I'm just me, and he's God. And frankly, you're just you. You know, we're just ordinary women. How can we possibly walk worthy of our perfect Jesus who loves us so much? Well, truth is we can't, not by ourselves. But thankfully, thank you, Jesus, we don't have to. We have help. We have been given a marvelous helper, the Holy Spirit, who lives right inside of us, and he is here to help. So we can ask for help, and we don't have to be shy about it. We can go boldly before him. We can ask for directions, because women are okay asking for directions. We can ask him for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit every single day along this walk, and he hears us. He hears what we need, and he knows what we need to hear from God. We just have to listen and then apply what we know. He longs to give us wisdom. He longs to give us the spiritual insight that we need to understand God's will for us. He is the one. He is God in us. He will direct us and guide us throughout this journey, this walk. And he will empower us to accomplish whatever good works God sets before us if we just call on him. In fact, in Galatians 5.16, we are told to walk in the Spirit. And then again in Galatians 5.25, Paul exhorts us that if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. While we're on this walk, through that indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, as believers, you and I, we have access to an unlimited capacity to experience the power of Christ in our lives. And we need to tap into that and revel in that and enjoy the walk ahead with his help. And actually, here in this lovely scripture in Colossians 1.10, to walk worthy refers to a balance, to a set of scales. We are meant to live our lives in balance with our faith. 
And on those scales, in that balance, the solid weight of our belief in Christ Jesus and the weight of the saving grace of the gospel, that is truly foundational. It's as solid as the rock on which we stand. And it's heavy. It's secure, like a warm comforter wrapped around us, like our comforter, the Holy Spirit, who wraps us up and makes us feel protected and safe and held in his love. It'll dry. And indeed, if we are followers, true followers of Jesus, then our lives will have a great substance to them as well. Our lives will reflect the love of Jesus that is in us. And through the years, as our walks with the Lord mature and deepen and change, I pray that that reflection in us will go brighter every year, that that beautiful glow of his love in us will shine out through the cracks in all these vessels that we are. And so in studying this idea of balance, I have had to ask myself some serious questions. Is there that balance in my life? Does my manner of life show how much I love God and appreciate him and honor him? Does it show how very much he loves me? Because really, that is the bigger question. That's the bigger consideration. Do I live the kind of life that proves I belong to the Lord? Does my walk show that I love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength? And I had to be honest, not always. No, it doesn't, you know. But I take heart because it's a long road ahead, a long walk ahead. And I know that when I fall short, and I do, that my God is full of love and full of understanding and compassion. And with Jesus walking by me every step of the way, I know I can put my confidence and my trust in him to direct my path. Our part is to love him and to listen to him and to obey. To wake up every morning and say, Lord, how do you want to use me today for your glory? And then we have to be willing and open and keep our focus on Jesus. Because I want to go wherever he leads me. It's his plan after, after all, and we each of us have a part to play. And so we walk on. But you know, it's hard to walk if you're not moving, if you're not making any forward progress. In order to walk worthy, we need to take a step in obedience, to step out in faith. Because without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please God. And we want to please him, right? Of course we do. We want to be fully pleasing to him because we love him, because he is our good, good father. And so in faith, we take that step. And of course... We don't really know where his plans are going to take us next on our next adventure with him or what might be around that next corner. Next step might be scary as the Dickens. Hello. Or head somewhere, you know, that maybe we don't think we really even want to go, like Nineveh, you know. But we do know that wherever he leads us at every turn, he's going to present us with fresh choices and fresh opportunities. Opportunities to lift up the name of Jesus. Opportunities to walk as children of light, as it says in Ephesians 5.8. To walk worthy with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. That's Ephesians 4.1 and 2. Opportunities to walk as Jesus did, humbly, obediently, and with the heart of a servant. Ephesians 5.1 In Ephesians 5.1, Paul says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. 
Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Jesus always sought to please his Father, always did please the Father. He could not do otherwise. He was totally devoted to the Father and committed to being about his Father's business. He is our perfect Savior, and he is our perfect example. But these attitudes, self-sacrifice and humility, they do not come naturally to us. In my walk, my good behavior has to be practiced and learned, you know, intentional, cultivated, with a heart to please God. But thankfully, yet again, it is the Holy Spirit in me who gives me both the desire and the ability that I need to treat people this way consistently and out of love. Pastor Rob once said, humility is the key. The way up is down. Amen to that. And remember, as as believers, we are in a lifelong process of being sanctified. And sometimes change takes time. But as we behold the glory of the Father in the Word of God, the Spirit of God gradually changes our inner spirit into the likeness of Jesus Christ, which I think is amazing. We are being transformed by the continual renewing of our minds. And this transformation does does not happen overnight, let me tell you. It's been 16 years, and there's still a lot of Leslie in here since I've been saved. It needs to get emptied out, surrendered to God. But it's a process, and I'm still walking through it, just like you all are. But as we spend time in intimate fellowship with our Jesus, we will be changed. We can trust in that, because that is a promise of God, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you We'll complete it until the day of Christ Jesus in Philippians 1.6. And so it may take a while. It's okay. However, we should gradually begin to notice that our thought life is changing from Christlessness to Christ-likeness. It's happening every single day. It truly is. Hallelujah. We're getting that washing that Debbie was talking about on Monday. And as God does his work in us as promised, so our faith grows. A.W. Tozer wrote, Faith is the least self-regarding of all the virtues. Faith looks outward instead of in, and the whole of life falls into line. While we look at Christ, the very things that we have so long been trying to do will be getting done within us. It will be God working within us to will and to do those things. And isn't it amazing when you start to see and feel those things happening in yourself, when you start to recognize the changes in yourself and and in your saved friends, those are wonderful moments. Your attitudes start to change. You begin to see and hear things differently because you've got new filters up in there. Your tastes in music change, or movies, or the clothing may change, or it could be that the people that you used to hang out, you don't quite find them so interesting anymore. Or your language changes, and people start looking at you differently, because you are different. You belong to God, and it is showing in the way you walk with him. And so we begin to feel that balance changing. As my heart's desires change, so does my walk. The more I learn from God, the more I want of God. I want to just sit with him and be in his presence, and breathe him in, and let his love wash over me. And the more I want to please him, 
so that this believer's watch, walk will match the excellence of his calling on my life. I want to glorify him in all the things that I choose to do and say, and the more I actually want to do in his name for his kingdom and his church and his people as his ambassador in a fallen and broken world. Because we are here to love and to serve Jesus as we walk through this broken and fallen world. Now, in the second part of Colossians 1.10, Paul continues in his prayer for the church, encouraging them regarding being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So what do you think of when you think of fruitful? Maybe a fruit tree? You know, producing lots of sweet and juicy fruit. It's doing just what God created it to do. It's being productive. Pastor Rob, in his book, Longings of the Soul, wrote, God has given us gifts and talents, and we are called to use them to the best of our ability, but for his glory and not our own. So God created us with the purpose in mind as well as that tree. He has given each of us in the body of Christ talents and gifts, and haven't we all been taught that the body of Christ works best when it's all working together? Well, good works towards others are a wonderful and practical way of expressing our faith and showing our love for Jesus while putting all those good gifts and talents to use. Doing good works is mentioned many times in Scripture, and when something is repeated by God, we want to sit up and listen because it means it's important, and that encourages me to live a graceful life of service. Paul writes in Titus 3.8 that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works because these things are good and profitable to men. And a bit later in 3.14, he says, And let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. So here Paul was um, giving the believers in Crete a way to start demonstrating their faith by being fruitful in good works, by helping others and meeting their needs, by stepping up to the plate and doing good things in the name of Jesus and out of their love for Jesus, so that the love of Christ might be seen in the labors and the charity of his followers as part of our testimony to the world. True faith and good works go hand in hand. They're two parts of God's work in us. When we have faith, then good works will naturally become a product of that faith. Now, we know that good, good works don't save us. We're saved by grace. But I do want to do good things that please God. It's just the way we are. We love him. You know, he's given us those gifts so that we will use them for the good of his kingdom and for his glory. Yes, I want to live a fruitful life that pleases God. But it's not about me working for God. It's about letting God's love work in and through me to accomplish whatever he might want to use me for. Also in Pastor Rob's book, he writes, God has a mission, and he has enlisted all of us to be a part in it. We just need to discover the role that God wants us to play in this particular season of our lives. We are all God's servants, and he is simply looking for us to be faithful. We exist to make an eternal impact. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, and we're familiar with this one, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Did you hear that? 
Don't let that one slip past you. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared for each one of us. And I don't want to miss on anything, miss out on anything that God has prepared for me, and I know you don't either. If God has planned things for me to do, and Scripture says he has, and it also says that his plans for me are good and they're to give me a future and a hope, then that's a walk I want to take with him. I mean, imagine God up in heaven thinking about different missions and projects and stuff that he wants each of you to do or me to do that he has actually prepared for us to do, that we will walk in them. And he already knows what could be the awesome results of those things. He knows all the fruit that could come out of that situation if we will just be obedient and step into what he has planned for us. Obedient to that tug in our hearts of the Holy Spirit, we've all felt it. And there have been times I know when I have not listened to that tug in my heart. And I wonder, what cool blessing did I miss out on? Sometimes we see it right away and we think, well, bummer. You know, didn't get that. (laughs) Somebody else got that cool blessing, you know. What might have happened if I would have stepped up, taken on that challenge that God put in front of me? Might something that I could have said or done had an eternal impact for God if I would have just answered that tug? Ah, but when we do respond with a yes to that tug on our heart, yay, you know, a chance to serve in a ministry maybe, or a prompting to slow down and notice that person who needs a little help or maybe needs a lot of help. It could be the simple work of making that phone call that we know we should make. Been on my mind. Writing a card to someone we know is hurting. Or taking a meal to that family whose mom is not well and praying with them. Maybe it's visiting somebody who's lonely. Or watching some kids so the parents can have a well-deserved time off together. It can be simple. Or hosting a Bible study in your home, volunteering at a birth clinic. It could be the simple gesture of giving your husband a foot rub at the end of a hard day and telling him we love him, you know? Offering financial assistance to a worthy cause or giving out a little, tra- a little tract and five bucks to that guy on the corner and asking what his name is and letting him know that you see him and you're praying for him. From just offering a smile to dedicating years of one's life on the mission field, we can all do something. From the widow who gave two mites to Mary, who anointed the feet of Jesus with fragrant oil. God sees our efforts, large and small, and the sacrifices we make, our sacrifices of praise to him. Let it be said of us, she did what she could. It's about living a life, worshiping our king. And loving others and serving others through good works. That's just one beautiful part of a life of worship. We do it, we do it out of love for our gracious God. And because he has asked us to do it, we are set apart to do what he wants us to do. To further his will on earth. His plan. Because it's his, because it's his plan after all. And it magnifies him And his amazing grace, when we are changed and when we are pouring out his love, it's for his mission and his glory and for his purposes.
In the New Believer's Handbook, Sandy Adams writes, As children of God, our tomorrow is certain and our riches are eternal. We are free to care about others because Christ cares so much for us. We will one day reign, but today we serve. Our goal is to love others into God's kingdom. A noble goal. And then he writes, Our best example of how to walk as God's child is Jesus himself. Jesus is God, but he concerned himself with others rather than himself. The king of the universe became a simple servant. We know that our everyday lives abound with opportunities to do good works and to serve others. In fact, the opportunities are endless because the needs are endless. And although there is always something to be done, good works is not about striving and busyness and being undone by totally overloading yourself with stuff to do for Jesus. No, we would all be rag dolls. We'd be exhausted and broke and irritated and irritating. We, we all remember sweet Martha, you know. She was a busy woman, and like some of us, she was troubled by many things. Occasionally, we're caught up in the doing for rather than the being with. It's not about... It's not about being busy. It's about being purposeful for God. And again, it's about finding that balance. It's choosing first to do that good thing, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to seek him, to be close to him, abiding in him, and letting his love pour into us until it is absolutely overflowing. It's love coming in vertically and going out horizontally. It's that overflowing of his spirit that fuels us. It's the filling of the Holy Spirit that we need. Love coming in from above and pouring out onto the people that we love. Being fruitful in every good work is simply living a life that reflects Jesus in everything we do, and then everything we do becomes good work. Because it's only his love that makes us fruitful at all. He is the vine and we are the branches. He produces the fruit in us when we are attached to him, clinging to him, and trusting in him to provide everything we need to live and to grow, and only then do we have anything good to give. For the branch, that's us, to produce fruit, we must abide, which means to dwell, to stay, to settle in, to sink deeper into Christ. And the way we abide in Christ is to obey. The believer hope who lovingly obeys the word of God, produces much fruit. A happy little Christian branch, sprouted by God, rooted in Christ, fed the word of God, nourished by streams of living water, and filled with the Holy Spirit, all supplied by the love of Jesus. Our good works are the fruit of that incredible relationship. His love in us is the precious sap that rises up and produces the fruit to the glory of the Father. And not just one kind of fruit, but all kinds of fruit. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are capable of all kinds of good things that we couldn't or wouldn't necessarily do on our own. When the Spirit of God is working in us to fill us with his love and joy and peace and patience, we're happy to spread it around and share it. And it flows right out of us. We become that light for Jesus. And that's what we want, and that's what God wants in us. When we treat those around us with kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, 
take note because those are precious moments in real time of our intimate connection with God, of him working through us right in that moment because those things come straight from him. Those are not from us. When you're nice, that's God being nice. And when we can exhibit self-control in this crazy world, we know that that is fruit of the Spirit. When I can control the self in me, the selfishness, the self-centeredness, the self-importance, and die to that self, that is God in me for sure. And I see a lot of the fruit of the Spirit right out there. I look around this room and I see a lot of women who not only talk the talk, but you walk the walk. I have seen many of you working diligently and lovingly right here at church, doing all kinds of things that benefit the saints and strangers, all for God's glory. And not just here. You have taken your love of Jesus and your love from Jesus all over the world. And I have been privileged and happy to work right alongside you here many times throughout the years. It's a great joy to work together with the sisters. It feels good to do good. It makes your heart happy to help somebody else. That's a lovely benefit of our righteous works. God can use us to do wonderful things if we will just make ourselves available. Serving together in good works, using our gifts to help accomplish his plans. When he uses us, it's a cool blessing. Haven't you ever walked away from helping somebody else, but you feel better? You feel like you got the best part of it? You know, he kind of uses that. We feel especially blessed when we're blessing other people. It blesses us with the satisfaction of actually doing good godly work. It blesses the person or the church or the ministry or the home that is actually getting work done within it. It blesses others in seeing the fruits of our labors and the joys of our fellowship of working together. And I think it blesses God to see his children working together for his, goal, for his glory. Now, it's true that sometimes good works are just plain old hard work. Sometimes there's a boatload to get done and not enough hands to do it. And it's hard. Sometimes the work seems thankless. Sometimes we don't even get to see the results of our good work. But God, those two beautiful words, but God, he sees and he knows and he knows your heart is in your efforts and he loves you for it. And wait for it, it gets better. In Romans 2.10 it says, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who works what is good. So there is some kind of awesome reward from God in heaven for doing good works too. Who knows? Glory and honor and peace, I'll take it. And that's besides just the good feelings of doing good things for God's glory. And truthfully, I can say that the the personal rewards of serving and doing good works can be amazing. And in so many different ways, unexpected and beautiful ways, because he's so good to us. Personally, I have been richly blessed in serving in good, good works and in the faithful serving of others in my life. And I expect that you all have too. It's all around us. God rewards us. Uh, in our obedience all along the journey. I've had the pleasure of working alongside my husband for years now in the greeters ministry. And it wasn't something that he thought he was going to enjoy at first. He's, uh, he's not really big on small talk and meeting a bunch of new people and not really comfortable with that. But he stepped up and quickly he came to really like it. He finds joy in welcoming all the people to church. Half the time we, we think we should know them. They've been, we greet for second service, although we go to first and 
We keep asking them if they're new and they need any help, and they've been coming for seven years. You know, we haven't ever, you know, it's just, but it's a very different group, you know, first and second service. The lollygagger service. We get for the lollygagger service, yeah. Yeah. But now he finds a lot of joy in being fruitful and being useful. We want to be useful. And it's one of those things that we can do together, the greeters ministry. That's a little, little plug for the greeters ministry for anybody. And, of course, that's just one of the ministries it, it takes to run a church, any church. You know, there's, there's so many daily needs here that uh, everybody can find a spot if they really want to serve. Years ago, I checked one of those little boxes on a paper, that paper, just like Kathy was talking about. You know, they got the hallelujah night. What do you want to do? You want to greet or make gift baskets or do decor or there's all kinds of things you can do, you know. And uh, we've all seen them and hopefully we've all checked them generously. We can all do something. Anyway, because of those one little check marks and an opportunity seized, God led me to find someone right there. Who's going to be one of my best friends for the rest of my life. Just from checking a little box. I got a best friend. And since then, we've done all kinds of projects together, traveled together, laughed and cried together prayed together, studied, worshipped together, worshipped together, uh, and grown together in our love for God and for this church. It all started out as helping decorate the church for Christmas, and I got a best friend out of it, you know. (laughs) So there's all kinds of good things that can come, you know, when you're working together, God gets the glory, and from praying together and serving together out of our love for Jesus. And that's how it should be. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I think how blessed my husband Mark is for all the kind prayers of people in this church. Over the last couple of years, he's had a bunch of joint surgeries, and everybody's been so great, you know. So much prayer. It's really been sweet. And our friend Mary Bentley down here, she has been so steadfast in praying for Mark and with Mark, which is a, such a sweet thing. And he's been so lifted up by her prayers, like all of us are. It's a sweet gift. Mary's being fruitful. She's blessed by using her gift of prayer. And my husband is blessed. And now I get to see my husband praying for other people. And so I'm blessed. Blessings all around. You know. It's very cool. There's a lot of power in praying for and with one another. In fact, before I was walking with the Lord... It's been 16 years now. Just had my born-again birthday, September 6th, 16 years. You know, we've all had friends. Well, I don't know about you, but I was late in life coming to the Lord. But I had great friends that were believers. And we'd talk and we'd visit and they'd see that I had a need and they'd pray with me. And even before I was saved, I could feel the sweetness of their prayers and the power of their belief in Christ. Those were seeds planted in my life by their fruitfulness and their faithfulness in the good work of praying. (laughs) Soon after my husband and I were saved, I ran across a great friend, Nancy. I hadn't seen her in a long time, a couple years, maybe maybe more. She and her husband, Jimmer, uh, were good friends of ours, and they had one of those special families that reflected so much of Jesus that Mark and I would comment on how they were different. You know, they had a couple of kids, and everybody loved each other, and they respected each other. It was really fun to be with them because they were kind. Where you'd see other families, it was just kind of a big hot mess. But, you know, it was so apparent that they were different 
that it made an impact on us, you know. Well, then that day, I ran into Nancy at the parking lot in Target, and uh, like I said, I hadn't seen her for a couple of years, so I, I kind of yelled across. She was over there pulling her cart, and I was going in. I said, oh, Mark and I came to the Lord. Well, you would have think it was, it was a hallelujah moment for her. She left her cart and her purse and came running over and gave us big, you know, gave me a big hug and a kiss, and she was crying and told me all about how she and Jimmer had been praying for us for years, for years. We didn't know. We didn't know they'd been praying. She was so thrilled. She was, like, more excited than I was, practically. Uh, I think she was, I think she was kind of shocked. Because apparently it was so unexpected that we were ever going to come to the Lord. You know, they would have our years and years and years, you know. And she was like flabbergasted. And, you know, though we did not know that they were praying for us, their faithfulness to stand in the gap for us was so precious. And it came from such a place of love, you know. And, and she got to see a prayer answered, which is so sweet, isn't it? Uh, isn't it so wonderful when we actually get to see that our prayers are answered in someone that we've been praying for? She was over the moon, totally over the moon. You know, so keep praying for those people. Even though we don't always get to see our prayers answered, we have faith because we know that our prayers are always heard by God. We know that they're always answered somehow, and if we don't see it, you know, we just have to accept that. That's okay. The fruit of our good works done in love is that it changes things. We ourselves are changed in the process of the doing and the giving. Friendships are made. Things get done. People are encouraged. People are given hope. Uh, people hear about Jesus, and they see his love radiating out, radiating out of his people, and some are brought to the Lord. God can use everything we do for his good. Never underestimate the fruitfulness of doing something small for God. We all know that he can do an awful lot with very little. Just a smile can change a whole person's, a person's whole outlook on life. And I know you can all smile. I've seen you do it. When the Holy Spirit fills us with, with God's love, then it's his love in us that is made evident in our good works. Even when we have been unloving and unlovely, his love and his steadfastness and his faithfulness has been pouring into us the whole time. And he wants us to love others in that same way. And when we do it, we are not only being obedient, but we are becoming more like Jesus. And that's just sort of perfect, you know. We're so often blessed by the good works that others have done out of their love for God. They listened and they were obedient and we are all blessed and it's all around us. As God's perfect plans are implemented and as believers step into their roles being fruitful, the world is changed, turned upside down in small ways and large. Look at the work of the writing of the scriptures. We have this book, the inspired word of God, holy and blessed. We get to read it every day and learn about God. And the men who listened to that voice of God in their hearts and obeyed and wrote those books and letters that became the Bible. What a gift, you know, for their obedience. They've given the world one of God's great and eternal gifts, his words for us. The fruitfulness of their obedience is beyond measure, and it's still not complete. Only God has seen the full impact. Impact. That was supposed to be impact. Ah! 
there's so much we can learn from each other, too, in good works about people's hearts, whether it's our good work or someone else's. We learn to esteem others, to appreciate the gifts of others. We learn new skills along the way. I can't tell you how much I've learned about organization from Terry. Working with her, she's one of those that stepped up and like took over registration for all our women's uh, retreats for years and years. And, and she's just, you know, she's got it all together. And we just got to show up. And we're her right-hand people. And she has it all set up, tables and alphabets and little rulers and special, you know, colored pencils and everything, you know. Crazy. Whoops, sorry. Crazy. She's amazing, you know. A little bit of that is rubbed off, but not that much. Yeah. We, we all have different gifts, right? Yeah. <laughs> We grow in our fellowship and in our love for people that we may not otherwise even have met when we are doing things for God. We learn about ourselves as we serve and about our sisters and brothers in Christ. And we especially learn about God. There is purpose in our walks, deep purpose. God stretches us and prepares us. He strengthens us and comforts us and reveals himself to us as we walk with him in obedience. And oh, how he loves us along the journey. We come to see his greatness and his faithful provision, his mercy, his patience with us, and his sweet tenderness towards us. And we learn of his will for us. It's this big, wonderful circle of faith and learning as we step into an opportunity that he has prepared for us beforehand. And we learn more about him as we take that walk. We're gaining in our knowledge of God for the next step that we're going to take on that walk because he sees, he knows what every one of us is going to be facing in the future, and he prepares us for that. Because although there is a great ending to this walk in heaven, the journey is what counts right now. Our day-to-day reflection of Jesus in a hurting and fallen world. Don't miss out on all the good stuff along the way. Like our dear friend Margie Hill said at our Sojourn Conference earlier this year, don't live a life of no consequence. We only have one life to live for God. Live a fruitful life. Because we all want to hear on that exceptional day ahead, well done, my good and faithful servant, don't we? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you so much for your incomparable love and for making a way for us to know you and to spend eternity with you. It's a remarkable and singular gift and certainly much more precious than we can begin to understand this side of heaven. Thank you that your word is so full of love and grace and that we are given such encouragement to share it in your perfect plan for the rescue of the lost. Thank you for so graciously meeting us here tonight. We are grateful to be called your daughters. Let us all be women who desire to be led by you, Lord Jesus, for your eternal purposes, each on our own personal walk with you. Please direct our steps and guide and protect us and show us the way that you would have us to go. Give us open eyes and soft hearts, Lord, to see the opportunities that you have prepared for us and the wisdom we will need to navigate our own journeys. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we will be fruitful, reflecting your beloved Son and doing the good works that lay ahead of us. Let our efforts always come out of your love in us, Lord. 
that they may always glorify your great name and your purposes. We praise you, dear Father, from whom all blessings fall. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just thank Leslie. I know it was a a big step of faith um, to come up and to share, and she did an amazing job. She gave us some wonderful just nuggets to be thinking about. And um, I just love some of the things that she talked about, about good works being the fruit of our relationship with the Lord, that we need to walk our, our we need to demonstrate our walk. I love a couple of things you said is that um, about the busy thing, about not to be busy, but to be purposeful. There's so many things that we can be doing, but we need to really balance that, what the Lord wants us to do in our good works. So what tonight we're going to do, uh, we're going to do a couple things. Um, I've asked a couple ladies to share about how other women have impacted their lives through good works. Because sometimes, um, I know Leslie talked about what, how some of the things that are demonstrated, but I think sometimes what happens with us is that everyone else kind of, see, kind of sees it in us, and a lot of times we're like, really? Really? That was... So I think it's really good for us to have someone share about how someone else impacted them. So... Um, I have two sweet ladies, and they're just looking at me. So my first one is Sherry Clark. So come on up, Sherry. Sherry has been just a rock. If you guys don't know, Sherry is the dedicated servant that takes care of our kids on Monday night. How long have you been doing it? Probably for five years? A long time. She not only has her own daycare, kids center, she does that all day, and then she comes here at night and does it for us. I worked with her in children's ministry. She loves to do crafts. She's going to be helping me do the hostess um, at Christmas time. So she's a servant in herself. But I'm going to let her speak. Hi. (laughs) All right. I'm Sherry Clark, and I'm actually quite terrified to be up here right now. So Um, on Monday nights, like Debbie said, I'm usually with the kids, and um, I kind of wish I was still over there. (laughs) But Debbie did ask me to share a story of fruitfulness, and I have many stories to share, Um, and I do enjoy adult conversation, so um, (laughs) um, I get a lot of little ones, so um, um, I love the verse, and I read it with the kids, and it was, walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, Colossians 1.10, I know that was your verse for tonight. And um, I'm just, uh, to walk, I needed to learn how to walk in the be worthy and increasing in his knowledge. And to simply, I have to think of things simply. I work with kids, so I try to think of things very simply. Um, I, I needed to start thinking what fruit was to me. And a fruit is a good fruit. A food fruit is given to us in our seasons, so that we can enjoy. And so I felt like a spiritual fruit um, would be a gift given in a season of life. And God gives us fruit to eat, and he gives us fruit, spiritual fruit, to um, be his hands here on earth for our sisters. And um, it's just the way I had to simplify it. We have food fruit, and we have spiritual fruit. And God's given us both to be used. Um, 
And so um, I think it just it blows my mind that God has created everything and he still wants to use us, broken vessels, to bless other people and to have his fruits and to be able to use them to bless others and ultimately bless him. So um, now I personally am one who loves to give. I have a very, very hard time receiving. And so, um, but the Lord's been working in me and he is telling me that fruit is not, that's not picked or not accepted. It just rots away. And so by me not accepting someone's blessings or someone's fruitfulness, I'm actually wasting their spiritual blessing and their gift, and I'm letting it rot, God's blessings rot. So I've had to step back and actually be a receiver in the last few months, which is very difficult for me. And it seems silly, but um, the Lord was telling me I was stealing blessings from other people. And we all know we're not supposed to steal. So... um, um, so if we don't accept their fruits or their gifts, it's just like we're rotting. So maybe that's a word for somebody else. Maybe someone else is actually a little bit like me and has a hard time accepting. Um, so there you go. Don't be steal. Don't steal somebody else's blessings and be wasteful of God's gifts. Um, so here's my story. I know that's kind of funny, but that, here's my story. Um, so as Debbie said, I do have a home daycare, and so I do have up to ten little treasures. And then along with my own two adult children and an athletic son who's a senior in high school, I have a lot, a lot of dirty dishes at the end of the day. And dirty dishes is not the worst chore, but when you have a non-working dishwasher, it can be a mountainous chore, one that can take up to an hour, hour and a half sometimes. So um, now I could have kicked and screamed. I did, Actually, I did do that. And... <laughs> And then I was like, okay, can I sell something? Maybe one of the kids or a kidney? And then I prayed and I said, do I need to bring another kid in, Lord? I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's more dishes. So no, 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 not bringing another child in. So I just prayed, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And the Lord told me to wait. That not to buy a new dishwasher, not to look at a new dishwasher, not to accept one, new or used, nothing. I was supposed to wait. And I was like, hmm. Okay, but every show I watched, I don't know, maybe you guys don't get confirmation like this, but every show I watched, someone was washing dishes. Every commercial (laughs) was that commercial with the little duck getting washed in the soap, you know, and I'm like, okay, if it can clean a duck, I can clean my coffee mug, right? So the final confirmation, though, was when the sponges were on coupon at Costco, you know, the ginormous, like, 25 sponges. So I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be in the kitchen for an extra couple hours a night washing my dishes. So I know. Why am I telling you this? Because it doesn't sound like it's fruitfulness for anybody. Well, to me, it wasn't either, honestly, at first. But God had told me to wait, and so I did for 10 months. And honestly, um, I really never had the money. And I never, um, when I did have some money, it always went to something else. So I had to wait, practically had to wait too, not just because the Lord was telling me. Um, So I waited and I washed and I learned that I don't like the soap that cleans the ducks. It didn't clean my coffee mugs, (laughs) so I found a different brand. But anyway, um, I know that God was, what I know now is that God was working in the hearts of some of my very sweet friends. And they were both being stirred by the Lord to help me get a new dishwasher. 
And so um, they were both being served to use their gifts and their fruit. Um, one was to actually financially supply some supplies to another friend who was going to use her sewing gift to have a fundraiser, and the money was going to go to me for a new dishwasher. So um, they posted on Instagram that she was having a fundraiser, and I just thought, oh, she made another bag. Let's go. And I keep going. Oh, I like it, you know, whatever. But it was actually for me. And um, so she, a couple weeks later, she comes, she goes, did you ever see my post? I'm like, yeah, that was a really cute bag. She's like, you didn't read it, did you? And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> but it was a good thing, because I probably would have said, no way. Um, but there were the cutest purses, cutest bags. I'm sure some of you saw them. I know some of you even bought them, and I appreciate that. Um, but they were listening for the, to the Lord, and he was telling them to buy, to sow, and to be the fruit that was to be given. And many of you listened and purchased and bought and donated very generously. And so you gave of your fruit also and just in your abundance. And um, God just never amazes me, never stops amazing me, actually. They, um, they were so faithful. You were so faithful. Um, now my friends could have said, oh, it'll never work. That's embarrassing. What are we doing? We don't have time. You know, they both work full-time jobs and are very active and busy and here at church and other places. So, you know, there were so many excuses. Um, I don't have a good enough sewing machine, but they didn't do those excuses. They, um, they used what God had already given them. They used that fruit so that it wasn't rotting. And a lot of times we have an abundance that sits there that we don't use because we don't think it's good enough or ripe enough or ready or we can be the hands that God wants us to, to pass it out. So um, they stepped out, and they gave, and they sowed, and other gave and bought, and um, it turned into major fruitfulness, not for only for myself, because yes, I did receive a new dishwasher, but it also, um, other people, they were blessed by having the cutest purses in the church, and um, others gave gifts, and others gave money, and so um, there was a lot, of, a lot of people that were blessed because... Um, yeah, because of a broken dishwasher, <laughs> yes, and because I, I, I mean, it was nice to wait, but I, I tell you, it's very nice to say, hey, could you unload that dishwasher while I'm gone today and load it back up, so, um, yeah, knowing that there, well, there probably still will be, because I doubt that will get done, but knowing there could not be, maybe there's not going to be a mountain of dishes there tonight, um, but we've all been given fruit in our seasons, and I just wanted to encourage all of us to ask God to show you how to use your fruits, your gifts, and your abundance. Um, not only look to give to the hurting, yes, we need to, but also just to somebody who's, you know, just so they don't have to stop waiting. Just be the Lord's hands, and in my case, so that it was, so I didn't have to wash any more dishes, you know, on a day, well, as many dishes, um, so you'll be just be blessed by the sweetness of his love because we're his hands here and he wants us, he wants to use us. Um, so I just want to end like, and just challenge each one of us to give more of our fruit, our gifts, um, either on a monthly, weekly, or each, even each day um, because that gift might just be sitting and rotting if we're not using it. And I liked what Leslie said, never underestimate what God can do with a little. Because he can. He can do a lot with a little. And then um, 
I was thinking, too, about the gifts. And when I give my kids gifts on Christmas and birthdays and stuff, I love to see them use it. One year I picked things out that I thought the kids all wanted, and within months they were you know, being donated. And it broke my heart because, one, I had spent money and time on that. But, two, they weren't using it. So um, I think it must bless God a lot when he sees us using the gifts that he's given us, providing for us, whether it's sewing or organizing or speaking or working with kids or cleaning up, putting tables and chairs away. We all do have gifts, and so I think it's um, nice. And then we'll all have stories of fruitfulness and whether you're giving or receiving them. So there we go. You're so sweet. That was amazing. I, I think one of the things that I thought was interesting, too, is when she was saying is that a lot of times, like you were saying in the beginning, you want to give, give, but sometimes it's really hard for people to receive. If I had a show of hands, I would say a lot of us, it's hard to receive. I don't know if it's just that we are embarrassed or we feel prideful, but what you said about that fruit's getting rotten. What a great way of looking at it. So I think if we think about that and, and just how other people were blessed. And I love that God was having you wait. And so how, how many times did this happen when the Lord is working in someone else's life to be doing this? She didn't know that these women were, were doing this. And, you know, I wonder if the Lord kind of put blinders on you when you were on that Instagram, like, oh, don't look at what that says, you know. But how God just uses that. He used all those, all those things together for his good. So thank you. for so, You're so sweet, Sherry. So our next person is Marissa Kovac. Come on up. So I don't know, a lot of you know Marissa. Marissa has been here since what, since, how old were you when you started coming here? Like, Junior high. She's been here for a really long time. She's a mom of four small kids. She um, has been involved in women's ministry for a long time. At her young age, I mean, you've done discipling with girls. You, she's been with women's ministry on the board. She's helped with events, just a lot of different things. So I'm going to let her share. So I was thinking about sharing um, how she shared it hard to receive. And I just remember when I was in my 20s and I had a good job and career and I was able to write that check. I was able to send kids to camp, missionaries, and um, I was able just to freely give. And it was just, I I love to give. And so fast forward to today where I'm a stay-at-home mom. My husband's not working the best of a job, but he's providing and I can't really give how I am used to giving. Um, and I'm on the receiving end, and it's been really humbling um, for me, but also, like how she shared, it's allowing someone else to be fruitful and use their gifts. And um, there was two women who came to mind um, just through their fruitfulness in my life, and I was thinking about this one particular woman who I've known for years, and at the time of crisis when my marriage was struggling and um, I was a new mom I had family issues and she just came along and kind of became a mom to me and um, it's crazy because she has three daughters of her own who's who have she's grandchildren and my kids call her Grammy Um, but I was just thinking about how she took 
takes a time, and there's one particular time she came, she would always come to my house after I had kids and would help out and watch the kids, um, bring meals, and um, this one particular time when she came for my last child, I knew that she had somewhere to be, and I was like, didn't you have that to go to? And she's like, oh, I had to put something aside and take the time to do this. And that just made, that was just like something I thought was like, that was remarkable because it's, sometimes you have to push something aside to use your gifts. And, and it's just um, really neat to see how God used her in my life. And um, this one other woman who, um, she came up to me one day and said, I'd like to gift you babysitting so that you can get some work done. And she did it a few times and came to my house. And the last time she came, she had left a check on my um, counter. And it was the exact amount that we needed to fix her car. And she didn't know that our car was broken. And the Lord provided that way. And I, it was like this two weeks of no driving, like we'd mischurched. And we were like, we don't know what to do. Um, and the Lord used her for that. But what's interesting about this woman, I met her, I actually never met her until that season, but I knew her, of her, about 10 years ago, and um, it was through, when I was living with my roommate, her, my roommate was discipling her daughters, and I don't know exactly her story, but my roommate and her mom brought this woman's family a a huge thing of groceries and just kind of did the ding dong and left and nobody knew about it. But was what was neat is that she obviously had this time of struggle and came out of it. And when I look at these women in my life and there's so many others, I see them as women who say, Hey, there is that light at the end of the tunnel. And it's hard when you're in crisis mode, when marriage is struggling, financial burdens, health and, um, just seeing that there's women who use their gifts and they are the ones who kind of shake you and say, hey, you can keep going, you can keep doing this, and the Lord will get you through it. So, um, yeah, just encourage you all to use your gifts. And you never know, even that, like how Leslie was talking about, that one small thing, like even a smile can change the whole perspective of, of someone's life. So. That was really sweet. I, you you kind of piggybacked off. I really see, like you were saying, the seasons. You know, there's the seasons of giving, and then there's the seasons of receiving. So um, a lot for us to think about. So right now we have a half hour. So what I'd like to do is um, I want you to break up in groups of, say, four or five. What I want you to go around and say... This is, this is, let me just stop and think exactly how I want to say this. I want you to say one thing that you want to be fruitful for, for someone else. Okay? Like, these women were fruitful to her for a specific thing. The ones that she talked about, these women were fruitful for to her for a specific thing. If you're... If it's too much on the spot, I asked my husband, what are you thinking? And I says, can you think of something fruitful? He goes, 
oh, yes. He goes, but you're going to put them on the spot. They're not going to know. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they will. And if you can't get a specific, the only reason why I want is specific because it's something that I really want you to think about and then follow through. So if it's more general, you can, you can do general. So we have, like I said, we have a half hour and then probably like 10, probably about in 20 minutes, I am going to have you guys pray. Because then I want you guys to pray. And, or if you guys are good with it, you can do it all in one time. And um, if you're done before 8.30 and your group is done and you want to leave or if you want to stay, you can. But um, I think I'm going to let you guys just end in prayer. So take time and actually, you know, if you want to sit for a couple minutes in your group and maybe someone pray over you guys and say, you know, Lord, show us. You know, Holy Spirit, show us what you want. And then... Say with that. So do do about five people. 